I got uh, a helicopter to Oslo, and uh, I was told that um, 50-50 if you survive or not. And if you survive- They told you that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They told me to to call my wife uh, and um, yeah, just to be sure. So I called my wife and- Serious um... problems. Right, Jimmy, what's your scariest problem then? Scariest problem is that there was no races this weekend, but that actually opens a good opportunity to get a good guest again. You're going to introduce him? Yes, I'm going to introduce him. And I've done some research on this guest, so <laughs> he better be impressed with my uh, introduction. I already am. <laughs> Go on, hit me. Today's guest isn't what we would call body body in Norwegian. Born on the 19th of February, uh, February, January in uh, 1983 in Oslo. Husband of Ellen, father of Oda and Sigurd, podcaster himself, book writer, and not the least, a legend of cross-country skiing. He lived his moment of glory on the 22nd of February, 2010, when he won Olympic gold together with nobody less than Petr Nortuk. But he also experienced trauma like very few people did when he had a brain hemorrhage in 2021. Now I could go on with this stuff, but words don't do him uh, words don't do him right since you are kind of what most people want to be. Welcome to the show, Östein Pölsa <laughs> Petersen. I, I, I'm, I, I'm really honored. Like that's the best introduction ever. I, I don't think I will say anything in this podcast. You can just go and leave it like that. And um, the legacy that you just gave me, oh, I'm really proud, humbled. Thank you. I think knowing you is going to be difficult for you not to say anything on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, good effort. Uh, that was quite a bit of brown nosing in in there, Mika. I was uh, I was impressed. It was uh, it was good. L- little school report. Um, bit yeah, of good. also background. Actually, Oystein's our neighbor lives just up the street. So we thought it'd be a perfect guest for today. That's uh, really nice to be here, guys. Really, and uh, I'm enjoying the um, your podcasts out skiing. And uh, yeah, I had you made me laugh sometimes, so that's good. That's good, and it, <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm in the the skiing world again. So thank you. That's good. We had to we had to invite you in a house, and we had to do a bit of tidying up, of course, because like, <laughs> you know, like a skier's house in the winter as well, when there's like no girls around. So. Yep. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, this makes me uh, sound like a dinosaur, but it kind of reminds me of my time when I was living in Merokir. I was <laughs> living with uh, Martin Sumbi, among others, and yeah, it looks quite the same. <laughs> I have to say, it looks quite the same. So you're keeping the traditions in good hand. That's good. That's good. That's we, good. We, we should maybe add that when Ustan uh, came in, the first thing he said was like, yeah, you kind of see that there doesn't really a woman live here at the moment, does there? Well, and it smells taco. You, you're still like holding on to there's a mussy specialty, but I think the mushy, mussy specialty then is taco. It's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, but um, you say that you say that you're a bit of dinosaur, but you still uh, dress like you're like a 15 years old kid. Though. Is that good or bad? Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's. I'm from. I grew up in Oslo. I'm. A, uh, I like to call myself a city boy. So, yeah, I like hoodies. I like big clothes, and uh, I like skiing. Yeah, yeah. 
That's cool. So when I'm not in a, in a tights, uh, you usually have big baggy pants. And yeah, that's me. But that's good. That's also one of the things that actually like is, is kind of your, 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 your sign. It's like you're always you. I think, uh, well, during my career, it wasn't always like that. But uh, right now, I'm, yeah, I'm confident. You get confident when you are um, really old and have a wife <laughs> and two kids. <laughs> then, then you have confidence. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, hop in into uh, some of the topics? Yeah. Well, there was no cross-country skiing this weekend. So we can talk a bit about alpine skiing. Do you watch alpine skiing? Yes. Or uh, when I have the chance. So I didn't watch the race on Saturday because I was at work. And then on Sunday, you told the listeners there was no ski race. That's actually not <laughs> true because there was a relay for uh, the kids <laughs> on Shushan. Uh, but um, yeah, when i not working or on a relay for children, then I watch. How did that yeah. go? The alpine skiing or no, the relay? The or relay the work? for the children. Yeah, uh, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, I think uh, my youngest... Uh, uh, got really impressed by the others on his leg, and that's not often a good sign. So he was more, he was more uh, into telling me, "Hi, those guys are really fast, Dad," than <laughs> skiing himself. And then my um, oldest, she was, uh, she was just cold, <laughs> so it was okay. Not the best race, not the best relay in the family. Then they were like, uh, "Yeah, they were like, what the hell." I'm like the son of Oyston Peterson, and I can't even ski fast. It's not given nah, straight I away. I think it's the other way, actually. Ah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's just you're just keeping the family tradition, not skiing so fast and talking too much. Well, it's, it's they're getting they're <laughs> what, getting what, it. But like the talking much, I see. But like the not skiing so fast, that didn't really work out for you no. so well. Nah, I you said I'm a legend. Uh, that's really nice to hear. But uh, there are, I think. I could name a hundred Norwegian cross-country skiers who were better than me. So yeah, but I couldn't name a hundred that have Olympic gold medal. No, but you know, uh, one got sick, and then when you are racing with Petter Nordig, then it's really hard not to mess up. He's <laughs> he's really good in cleaning up others' mess. So that's <laughs> yeah. But it was it was good times, good times. And you guys, are you all, all good? You healthy again, Jimmy? Yeah, healthy. Uh, I'm still hanging out with Miki, although he made me sick. But okay, because we're you past, made him sick. We're, we're yeah. past that yeah, for now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's so, still a bit of a sore subject, but yeah, yeah I'm okay, yeah. back in shape, and I think uh, yeah, looking forward to the next races. So yeah, should be cool. Mika is going to Oberoff this weekend. Yeah. Oh, talking was that's not really nice. Shape. That's really nice, Oberoff. Is it? Yeah, it's. One of the best places in Germany. I think <laughs> I think they invented a, a weather phenomenon called um, sun in Oberhof. It's really <laughs> always sunny, always yeah, beautiful. Yeah. A apparently, it's even going to be minus degrees this week. Yeah, I, I heard. I'm that is sure. so good because we were saying on the podcast previously how, or you were saying how shit Oberhof was and like nobody wanted to be there and it was horrible and it's actually going to be really nice this weekend. So I haven't changed my mind yet. <laughs> yeah, and are I you was... sure, or is yes. it just a practical joke by the German ear? Uh, the weather forecast just could be. <laughs> <laughs> they were like trying to troll the the Swedish as well because the Swedish have basically said exactly the same that we said on the podcast. Because there's been battle on there a um, few weeks ago, two weeks ago, ten days ago, maybe even, and they 
It was, it was so bad <laughs> that they were not even testing the good skis because they were like, okay, if we test skis, we're gonna like destroy our skis. Yep. So uh, so then Anders Bistrom, the coach for Sweden, said that, Obra, basically, I'm summing it up a lot, but basically he said that it was shit in Oberhof and we should not do races there. So basically what we said I in agree. our podcast. So maybe he was just listening to our podcast and <laughs> it was good. <laughs> he, he got some inspiration of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, if you travel to Oberhof, you have been traveling wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it it can still be nice. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently, I was talking to um, one of the the German ex skier that's from there. Um, she's the girlfriend of Horn, the athlete. Antonia. Antonia Horn. Yeah, uh, she was in um, Livigno, and she was saying that actually, with global warming, it's getting really nice in Oberhof. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like she was like <laughs> saying that it was a good thing with, uh, with global warming there. Okay. <laughs> there were, so the last ten years have been quite good. In so that's the one town in the whole world that's really <laughs> yeah. cheering on the global warming. Like it's getting nice over here, guys. And then yeah. everybody just moved to Oberhof. But yeah. but what do we really learn from this? Every bad thing has its good thing. <laughs> yes. Every yes. negative yes, has its positive. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty it... about traveling to Kusamo. Uh, it's the same, you know? Uh, you get so happy when you get to leave. Everyone's <laughs> 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 happy. Like, if, uh, it's crazy. Even though when it's really sunny in, in Kusamo, you can see on the you can see it on television. It's still some kind of fog in the air. Like, <laughs> and, and a bit windy and it's always super windy. cold. Yeah, yeah. I think and dark. If uh, I think Kuzamu actually invented um, the concept wind. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. color gray also com- comes yeah. from Kuzamu. Have, have you, you should actually try when you're like, you're probably not going to go back to Kuzamu, but like if you would go back to <laughs> Kuzamu to like take a picture of the landscape there and then turn uh, your black and white mode on on your phone. It's the same. And then you'll notice <laughs> there's no difference. <laughs> yeah. I get the image in my head. That's a really good one. Eh? I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably even worse in the UK, actually. You think uh, so? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Have you maybe. ever been to London in the, yeah, in yeah. the winter? It's like no, never. Oh, uh, you really should. Who's traveling to London in the winter time? Oh, I've been to London for Christmas a few times. Kind of nice, but it's just like this, like constant, like rain, like so kind. So nice, like it's constant rain. Yeah, like with like two, three degrees. So maybe that's even worse actually yeah. than <laughs> like minus twenty. But that's like typical everywhere where there's like no snow in the winter in Europe. Yeah. it's like always like just gray that's and, and yeah and bit. Shit, honestly, <laughs> especially in Eastern <laughs> Germany. But talking about uh, Jimmy getting back into shape, I tell you, he's definitely not getting back into shape very quickly. Really, Alexander Amokilde. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Big crash on the and last big... corner. Yeah. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> and and when you see those guys like hammering down the hill, and the, and when they crash. They look like Superman going down, and when they crash, you can see they are not. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. But like, st- like even when they crash, you're like, like if I, if I, if I see like a pentero, it looked a bit worse. I crashed. I feel like, like if I crash like that, I think I'm pretty much like dead. No, I don't know. <laughs> like I just don't see myself just get up and be like, oh. All good. You know what's actually very funny? <laughs> you didn't see Omut Kilde do that either. 
That's true. <laughs> he was he was collected, I would say, by I an mean, helicopter. Yeah. Like, yeah. we will put you together. I mean, Pintero didn't didn't get up. He was collected by a helicopter. Yeah. But yeah. a day after, he posted a picture at home with his kid, and I was like, oh, that's a quick recovery. Yeah, yeah, but you have no choice when you're a father. That's true. That's, that's <laughs> Back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no Jimmy after Satnamai just laying around <laughs> 18th of May on a bed. It's like, if you are a dad and you have a hangover, then you really get to experience what a hangover really is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll wait a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, really good advice for me. Tell you what's funny, we've uh, killed it, actually. We were doing... Um, into we were doing uh, the, during covid we we're doing some speed in holman colon with casper and some guys from uh holman colon lab yeah uh, and he just showed up doing cross-country skiing like just like enjoying his off season and we were doing uh, this sprints with light gates yeah and um and so he did one with us on the flat and then he did one with us uphill and he beat like all of us. <laughs> yeah, they are really <laughs> like, super fast. Yeah, he just went like uh, skate two the whole way when we were doing paddling. Yeah. And he was basically doing squats and he's fucking smashed all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm supposed to be a sprinter. And I was like, and I didn't I didn't manage to, to beat him in the end. I think Casper went like three, four times and eventually managed to beat him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was absolutely nuts. But I, I, I was like fucking like feeling really shit about it after. <laughs> but does that say more about him or you? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, I think, no, I it... think actually uh, really fast. I remember we had, there was a, um, in the springtime in the summer, uh, some years ago, we had uh, a competition in Rødlau, western part of Norway, uh, where um, cross-country skiers competed against uh, alpine skiers. First we had a downhill race and then we went uh, pursuit cross-country skiing up again. And then uh, one of the days we had a, a sprint on alpine skis and no cross-country skier had any chance. <laughs> like there was no chance at all. They are really super fast. Yeah. So when you see they go out of the gate, like they are really hammering. Yeah. But, but that's also like, I feel the difference in, in from Norway to like the rest of the world. Because like if you do cross-country sprints with an Austrian alpine skier, like you'll probably fall over after two steps because he just can't cross-country ski. And like in Norway, everybody can cross-country ski. And and like even most of the alpine skiers can cross-country ski on quite a decent level, actually. You think so? Oh, to be to be fair, technically it was a bit shit, but I think it's I think it's just the like the pushing when he was doing skate two is like the same yeah. thing they do when they come out the gate. And can you say there's a shitty technique when it's called free technique? <laughs> Ooh. It's just fast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But at I, the same I, time, I didn't look at it like that yet. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when I see Mika ski, I know there's like shit technique. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's really fast. Hey, you are been really good this year. Congrats. That's good. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's not been... Actually, he's not that shit in skating. Yeah, that... <laughs> maybe, maybe you should tell but maybe it's just when I see like him like in general like I just think he looks a bit shit but like maybe you should tell us then uh, who's got the best skate sprint result in the house this year this year yeah yeah. If it's you really yeah it's because me. yeah because I got I got ill at Tour de Ski so yeah, I yeah. Um, uh, I didn't was it in Davos yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you qualified for the semi no Nah, tw- I was, I was, I, <laughs> actually, I, I was 24, so that yeah. even says more about oh, Jimmy. That's, that's, uh... And also, we can also say that you were only 24 because there's one guy that crashed in your heat and then you were not last. You probably would have been last otherwise, but, or but, you definitely would have been last I've, otherwise. I've not seen that on the result list. Did, yeah, you did, did not... see on the, the result list that Amundsen was, 
in the five last for sure. Yeah, but I didn't see on the results list that there was like 24th because Amundsen crashed. Yeah. But still, you <laughs> yeah, whatever. How long You're have you guys not... been linking together? <laughs> <laughs> too long, too yeah. long. Not, um, yeah, not that long. But, yeah, yeah, uh, but you, you still have some time to, to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're not racing in Oberhof, eh? No, going to Goms, so... Okay, for uh, Alpen Cup, Europa Cup, or it's World, a Cup? World Cup? Mate, in okay. Goms. <laughs> so next week? So, yeah, yeah, okay. so next next weekend, yeah. 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 But you, why... you have no, you don't have such good control over the, the World Cup uh, calendar, so... <laughs> uh, I know there is Oberhof this week, because I saw that Dunnestad was not in, so I need yeah. to double check, that's like, is so he sick? That's so weird, that's nuts, yeah. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, but I had, I didn't know that Goms was the next one. Is yeah. This, just sprint or no it's uh there's a mixed relay skate sprint and then a 20k skate and basically obroth this weekend is like relay classic sprint classic 20k so it's kind of like this same setup one is more classic one is more skate and then we go to canada and then we go to the us but going back to topic uh talking about sports that you watch you watch biathlon yeah I don't. <laughs> you don't? Why? Well, because it's biathlon, isn't it? Uh, you should ask uh, Purama. <laughs> That's why I'm going. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, they're not athletes uh, or not good uh, cross-country skiers. Uh, just... Maybe I wouldn't go so far, but um, I don't know. I feel yeah, let me bit... hear your opinion. That's <laughs> yeah, Mika's... This is juicy. This is juicy. Mika's now, just every decided listener is like, hit... okay, no, I really want to hear what Mika's telling. Mika's nah. just decided to hate on biathlon. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even hating on him. I actually think that like people like uh, Burr, they're so, super good athletes. Just I think their sport's a bit shit. You think so? Yeah. It's a bit... It's like... <laughs> It's just like I want to say something, but that's gonna make them pissed. But like I feel like if it's you your could, podcast, if you could be really good in one thing, why would you do two things? Like if you could be the best skier, you could be the best skier. Like if you could be the best shooter, you could be the best shooter. Oh, but you know what? I'll just do both and then see how that goes. And they probably earn more money than the best cross country skier ever. Mm-hmm. So, so you're telling me that you with... next year will just focus on one uh, just, technique then? Yeah, you will just do skating. Why would you do classic if you can just focus on skating? Oh, because it's just uh, Stone Age skiing and it's uh, imprinted in the physical. Oh, yeah, calendar, okay, yeah. So. Why do you not sack off skating then? Just do classic because I'm a wee bit better in skating than in classic. Yeah, but maybe the or maybe, maybe it's because that's the way the sport is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're not complaining about Kilda doing both uh, uh, super G uh, downhill and giant slalom. No, but I'm pretty sure I would complain about it if it stopped like after five <laughs> dates and then take a few shots and then go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I really do like your biathlon, but uh, <laughs> I, I I competed in cross country skiing myself, so. Yeah, but that's, I think that says more about my shooting skills. I was... Uh, Were you trying up... biathlon at some point? No, because when you have a record, I, I killed some guys with a knife, so then you wasn't allowed <laughs> to... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was just not sure for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't see that on this I, Wikipedia. I grew up in a really rough neighborhood in Oslo, really rough. Yeah, especially <laughs> rough. Where did Oslo you actually grow up? Super in... rough. I grew up in a place called Grudan, 
yeah. eastern part of Oslo. Yeah. Which is really nice. It has a it has a bad rumor. Um it's a lot of different people living there, multicultural, I would say. Uh but uh to me it's it's home. When I'm there, I feel home. And <laughs> I really sometimes I, I really do lo- love living in Lillehammer, but sometimes when I'm in um, in Oslo I feel homeless. Yeah. <laughs> this is this why is do you home. live in Lillehammer then? Because of family or yeah, we first of all we didn't afford a house uh, at the time in in Oslo, and then uh, we had to move uh, closer to my wife's family, and then yeah, so we ended up here, and then suddenly we got you as a neighbor, and then <laughs> I was not even the best skier in the streets. It was really hard. Like oh, really, you know, really I, got, I, I gotta tell this story. About being the best skier <laughs> yeah. in the in the street. I remember doing Birkebeiner this year and I was insanely shit. You and were? I come into the finish and I just hear somewhere behind me, I just hear somebody mum like, oh, at least I'm still the best skier in the street. <laughs> and I turn around and it's you and you beat me in <laughs> Birkebeiner. Because you beat me the year before in Birke yeah. as well. Yeah, but it's not my fault that you were shitty. Uh, That's I, true. Uh, I I was really happy, so that says uh, all everything about how shitty I am when I'm shitty when I'm happy. But um, this year I think actually I'm better, mm-hmm. so we will see. <laughs> but like, be, like uh, where better than you, last year? But like you were like around shitty. 60, 70 something. No, I don't know. I was skiing with the uh, who was I skiing with? In the end, there was we were a group. We were I don't. Uh, it doesn't matter. I was not. I was not even close to winning the race. I was really bad. But I was. I think I was the one who was most happy with being bad <laughs> in my group. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, m- maybe this is weird of me to think. But like when you've like quit professional sports and you have a job like you do and a family and there's like people trading like all year, you're not supposed to beat them, are you? I think, uh, or or they're not supposed to get beaten yeah, by you. I mean, I think that's that's a really interesting topic. Uh, how uh, how you could um, maximize your effort and get the most out of your potential when you are not so serious. I think me use myself as an example. I think I was too serious as as an athlete, and I put too much into being my best that I performed at the medium level. But now, I know I'm really not my 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 preparations are not perfect, so I'm just happy to be able to to do the race, and then I have a tendency of getting more out of my potential. Seriously, so yeah, I think so. Like when I think back, look back at my career, I think. I'm not not saying that I was better than my results because you are not, but I think my potential was better. But I was not. Uh, if it's mental game, I don't know. But trying too hard, you mean? Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Now I know that if I try hard, I will blow up. So I just <laughs> start slow. I remember actually Birkin last year. I um, Musgrave was. Uh, <laughs> I catch him after 10k, and he he looked like he's been to some kind of a war. I was like, "How are you doing, Mus? You look really shitty." And he just looked at me all pale and like, 
<laughs> and he didn't get to say anything. <laughs> I never saw him again. But now he's really on fire, so I, he he recovered. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a bit worried. I, I also made him sick in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. good effort by me. Yeah, that's yeah, good. good effort. That's by good. Me. So you first start to perform really high level, and then you make everyone around you sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the recipe for a good teammate. That's good. Good, good I, times. Yeah, yeah. Kind of what happened in the in or kind of actually we said there was no skiing this uh, weekend, but there was ski classics. Yeah. And uh, Nigord actually uh, managed to make a, a bit of a crash happen on the last kilometer. Did you watch the race? No, no. There was. Um, he just switched tracks, jumped in front of someone. Everybody had to jump out, and then eventually there were the two last ones. They had to jump out, and then they just jumped out in the in the fresh snow, and they had a massive crash. Really? Did you not see it? It was no. like quite a spectacular crash, actually. Oh, like uh, people like skis flying and like. Yeah, I saw um, uh, a former teammate fast. of mine, uh, Morten Pedersen. He was skiing. In yeah. The, some. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was like two, three k's with one ski. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, the binding went off. Or? I, I read about it on 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 Lineup.com. I think it, they said it was even more, like three point seven k or something. <laughs> yeah, ski classic is savage. There's also one still, of these girls. They still beat Nordtug though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There was there's this Czech girl Srutsova. She broke a pole. Like she broke a pole. We saw her break the pole, and then the camera came back to her like. 15 minutes later and she was still skiing with one fold. Fucking hell. If you, like, if you break equipment in, in uh, ski classics, it's absolutely savage. Yeah. But we got Casper on the podium just after he recorded a podcast with us. So maybe yeah. you're going to be on the podium in the next race you do. Yeah, actually, I will... Birken? Uh, find a race. Birken, uh, I think it's, uh, I think I will just ruin your stats. stats <laughs> so I will yeah. find a smaller race. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> I yeah. think I'll do a race in my gar garden. Just me and my family. And then, yeah. yeah. So that, but, but Kasper is, is really, he's really impressed me. The way he just embraced um, the long distance skiing after being a sprinter, I, I could um, relate to his story. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And I think it's, it's easier for him as well to be less serious, but not a uh, lot less dedicated. Just to switch a little focus and then it's easier. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah, what you just were talking about, about yeah, trying so. too hard yeah. sometimes, yeah. But once... Can you feel that? Like uh, when I when I look at you at, um, at television, um, I, see, I can see your potential. And and the Norwegian commentators, they always say that, uh, Jimmy, he's... he's um, some sort of a loose can. He always <laughs> gets into some sort of trouble, and then I can relate to that as well uh, because I I had to take some chances. I felt like I needed to be really, really, um, how do you say it in English? Like really aggressive all the time, and yeah. then psh, skiing on small margins instead of the guys who were really confident. They they give some slack. Yeah, can you relate? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there's a lot of times where you really want to do good and when you know that you can do good then you try too hard and of course you, you like blow up and it's difficult in sprint to manage to ski the level you want to be and not make mistakes and also i'm not one of the biggest guys but at the same time you have to ski with some confidence so i can relate but uh yeah, but some confidence. I, I, but does confidence always mean aggressive, or can you ski confidence and show it by giving 
just a half a meter here, half a meter there, yeah, just to not end up in a crash or I'm yeah, just... for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, what usually has happened is I, I try to stay at the front or try to stay towards the front, and then someone tries to go past, and then I have a problem, or that's what happens often. I feel to me, yeah. I, I don't but know. yeah, for sure, like uh, being confident is also letting these gaps open and think and like or yeah, you see like uh, like um, uh, during the sprint in Davos where you have um, Shanawa who is he's just in control, but also he he looks kind of calm. Of course, he knows he's the best skier out there, but still he. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's also a little bit the way Shanova skis, though. Not only looking calm, but he's like, I don't know, he's like technically, especially in, in, in Skate 2, I yeah. feel he's just quite a lot better than, than maybe some of his competitors. Yeah. And yeah. then I feel like the the the, the, the steadiness and, and the way he is stands stable on his skis, that already like... Uh, yeah, shows some kind of like... Yeah, but that's that's actually what it is with Shanova is that when you see on TV, it looks like he's skiing not that fast. It, he's pushing as hard the as he dude, can. The dude is tall and he goes fast as fuck. <laughs> like <laughs> being on the final with him in, in Davos, I, I was like, I was trying to ski behind him and I was like getting dropped. And like when you ski behind someone in the sprint and you get dropped after a few hundred meters, it's like the dude is actually going really fast. So... so People are, of course, they give respect to him in a way because he's big and he's like powerful and he's the best skier in the world, but, or one of the best skiers in the world. But uh, I think it's also that he's going really fast. And I think Claubo, he always, he does almost like bad tactics for more most skiers, but for him, it's great tactics because he knows when he's fast. So he knows when he's going to attack. And like, it doesn't matter if he's six, he knows that, okay, this place is going to go from six to first. But I think for many skiers, it wouldn't work because they don't have that speed or also, also for sure that confidence. And like, what's impressive Cabo is that when he does a mistake, then he never does it again. Yeah. Whereas... Lots of us when we do a mistake. <clears throat> I totally <laughs> agree. But if you look at the, the, the next specs best skiers, they, they look like they are attacking all the way until they are dead. Like yeah. always on the outside, always yeah. trying, always defending, always attacking. And the best skiers they attack perhaps once. Yeah. And when they go, yeah. they go really fast. It's like when you look at Goldberg, for example, especially last year. And this year I feel he's missing like maybe the, the in, in sprints, not in yeah. distance, because he won World Cup, obviously. But like in sprint, I think he misses like one person maybe compared to last year. And then last year there were so many sprints I remember when he was just basically faffing around at the back um from the start. And then you don't know how, but like all of a sudden he's in front. Like yeah, when yeah. when when he counted, it's like like a sprint is not like, it's not like three hours and you have time. It's like everything happens quite quick and quite fast and you have to react fast. But like for him, he ended up being at the back after a hundred meter. And like every time when it mattered, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it also matters a lot in what shape you are because yeah, yeah, yeah. no matter what, like in sprinting, if you do really good tactics and you ski really with lots of confidence, you can 
some people manage to overperform compared to their prologue times, but usually top 15 is in the semifinals. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And if you don't have the confidence, it's really hard to go out there and do your best. Yeah. That's that's the paradox. Yeah. So if you don't have the confidence, you usually go out and perform worse than on the training on Wednesday. Yeah. And then it's just. Yeah. If you have too you much have a confidence. bad spiral. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's also true. Yeah. Hopping on to the next topic. Um, one thing I like to watch, Nordic Combined. Oh, you like Nordic Combined, but you, you hate people who are doing two sports. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, <laughs> explain. <laughs> explain. Yeah. Because I was doing Nordic Combined myself at some point. <laughs> okay, so, when, so when you have done it, then it's okay. When I've done it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O- o- always important. <laughs> but he too. made the right choice, you know? He made the right choice to sack off one of the sports and just focus on the of one course. that's important. So okay, actually, so that's actually why valid. you like watching. Ah, look yeah. at those bastards! Yeah. They didn't get it. Yeah, Still exactly. Don't get it. Still don't get it. But also, the thing with Nordic Combined that's quite fun to watch is that, like, in most of the races, the one that crosses the finish line first won the race, and that's just yeah, fun to watch. Um, and also, I kind of like. Yeah, but like, let's be honest. If it's like a mass start in Nordic combined, then they start ski jumping yeah, afterwards. Yeah, 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 it's the yeah, yeah. worst. To- you just can't I, see. I totally it. agree. Like, I totally agree. Really, it's I, so boring. It's insane. And like, yeah, I don't but, know why um, they do that. In in Austria, uh, Nordic combined is quite big, eh? Yeah. M- bigger than cross country skiing, yeah. would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just because cross country skiers is shit in Austria. Oh, uh, maybe not <laughs> only because they're shit. Oh yeah, maybe okay, because yeah. they like. <laughs> Some things like so, 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 some That's some minor things happening in the sport in Austria. Let's just call it like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but how is the? Is there any kids or youth skiers coming up or very little, very little? Uh, you can honestly at this stage you can just really hope on the kids yeah. because the youth is they're just far away. So there, if there's a Austrian championship, how many participants are there in cross country skiing? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, maybe like man elite is maybe like 15 Austrians. And then and that's like probably including juniors. And in 10 years? Uh, probably like five. Like nah. if we're being honest. Mika, if if Mika start, continues doing good, could, that's, inspire, that's, could that's, inspire a nation, No, but that is true. It, it's like <laughs> it, because of everything that yeah. happened in skiing in Austria, it's just also like the social standing was just very low. And people just looked at it as it being like kind of like this, this dirty... Is that is that a legacy of um, the the bad story or yeah 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 it's just also I don't know it's like when there's like so many scandals happening it's like it's been two thousand two two thousand six. I actually don't know if there was something in 2010, but then like twenty fourteen fifteen nineteen it's like it just. Yeah, it's like when the snowball rolls, it just keeps on rolling, and 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 those guys then like Hauke, um, is he is he using his his uh, story to uh, teach kids not to do the same mistakes he are, or is he? Just, I think he's actually uh, studying to be a teacher, so he's gonna teach kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but he also he also won the race. He actually weekend. did a first ra- because I think his uh, ban is like done now. Yeah, yeah. So Pozzarone and my friend from. <laughs> <Bolt. Yeah. laughs> He got banned again. Yes. Another <laughs> three years? Yeah, I hope. But I, I think that's because he did like a fist live. race or something and he didn't like yeah. tell fist in that Russia. he did a comeback. Russia. Yeah. In Russia. Oh, yeah. Right. That says enough then. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. Um, but Okay. 
Hauke did like a ski marathon in, in Ramso, which is like, yeah, like if he wants to do it, he should do it. Um, and then he won that, which was kind of shit because it was in Ramsa as well. And Ramsa used to be a sponsor. It's like kind of like the first time that he was back in coming into like the cross country scene. And uh, honestly, he's just not welcome in the scene. And yeah, but he should, he should use his story to tell kids that no matter what you do, it's the sport is more, it's bigger than winning. Like, yeah. yeah. And if you win and cheat, you will never get the chance to really yeah, but, but I think the thing that's still happening and, and that that's always been the case and I feel that might be a bit of a cultural thing also in Austria it's uh, you never look for the blame like uh, by yourself so it's like uh, always the system it's always the system it's always the people it's always like uh, oh, I only cheated because they all cheat and it's like yeah. oh but how do you know that they all cheat did they tell you or how do you know yeah. and it's like oh no they just do it's just by assumptions. I um, think I think Carol Tam Tamira, yeah, was he's done that. He's done what okay. you're saying. He's yeah. been a bit more like because he wanted to quit also the pro the doping program when he was in it, and he has realized or he knows that it was a mistake, and he's trying to like tell people. But I think uh, or the feeling I had also from the interviews that I've seen of Hauke is more that he regrets getting caught rather than. Yeah. yeah. Then my biggest respect to Karel Tamiyarv. Yeah. That's that's good. I don't like what he did, but um, I think that's. Uh, it's like yeah. everybody can make a mistake in their life. Um, this one is quite huge, but I this think one then is... at, at least you owe everybody to do your best to prevent it from happening again. Exactly, yeah. and that's just not happening with 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 uh, these people and in, in austria at least um and that's why when it comes to me i don't think or for me they're not welcome in the austrian sports world they've done too much damage uh basically if i'm being honest the sports dead in austria it's like uh, and not even like as a as a recreational activity because there's quite some people going cross country skiing as a recreational thing but like the sport cross country skiing and like the the thing you want to be a champion and that's that it's like people don't do it kids uh, parents don't send their kids to like cross country uh, trainings um yeah people have a short memory though so i think people hopefully. People forget quite fast. These Hopefully, uh, maybe because I mean, that's a sh that's I, yeah. I get really sad like hearing that it makes me really sad. Yeah, because it's a nice f sport, and I think it's it's like every time I talk to people, there's not a thing I'd rather do in the world right now than what I do. Yeah, and that's being a skier. And it's, even though it's not about being a champion, it's yeah. like elite sports is all about being the best, but. When you look back after a career, I, I don't think you remember the medals. I think you remember everything else, like the people you met, uh, the relations you built, the the job you did, everything. That's yeah. That's a, at least my point of view. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it should be. That's, yeah, and then, then ironically, I think if you have that kind of a perspective on it, it's easier to become a champion as well. Uh -huh. If I were thinking less about being the best, I think I would have performed better and then had a bigger opportunity or chance to be the best. Tell you what's good, Mika. Like Mika the other day was saying, oh, it's just like, oh, a bit, bit, starting to have like a mid-season, bit blues. 
Now we're getting Oystan on the pod, and he's just like motivating yeah. us. <laughs> and like everyone, everyone who's like listening, he's got a bit of blues. Is going to be like so motivated by this. It's oh, great. It's actually good. yeah, yeah. But like you were, you're saying you were missing Ramsau, and I could understand you were missing home, but still, like your your day, your everyday life. It's really nice. One day you will be looking back on this uh, skiing around in uh, Ingalome, which is the local track here in Lillehammer, and think, oh, "Glory days." Will, <laughs> will I also about. miss the frozen toes? Uh, no, but you could do. <laughs> there are some tricks we could do. We could help you with that. But, uh, yeah. Right. Going back on topic, uh, talking about Nordic Combined. Do you follow Nordic Combined a bit? Mm, some. Not so much. Yeah, it's quite small in Norway, isn't it? No, it's quite big. I would say it's quite big, but uh, I have two kids. I have a, a job. I like to do some workout myself, so there is not enough time. But if it's on television and I'm <coughs> on the couch, then I watch and I see Ribir winning and I see also the women's from Norway winning. But uh, I really do like to, to watch, especially the men's race. It's um, Yeah, I find it quite... Exciting. Talking about Reber, you just said Reber. Because I put a little bit of a note to Reber. I got a bit annoyed at him this weekend. Okay. Um, I feel like when you have success and when you have the success that he does, it also brings a little bit of responsibility with it. Yeah. Um, now he knows that like uh, on, on Sunday, for example, when he's on path with, uh, or on the, yeah, skiing with uh, Thomas Rettne or Stefan Rettnecker, who's like been on a podium once or twice and it's like half his size and uh, has like four gears less when it comes to sprinting yes. than uh, Jarl does. I think it's, I don't respect it so much that he didn't take a turn there. Yeah, and like, I can understand. Because it's like, he's not like one class better when it comes to sprinting. He's like four classes better when it comes to sprinting. And he knows that because he's a champion. Yeah. And I just got a bit annoyed when I saw it. I was like, man, wh why would you do this? Like, like he, ca he can poker. Because like when the group ca uh, catches them, um, the group that's uh, skiing behind, he'll still win the sprint because he's still the fastest sprinter of the group then. But Stefan will be probably like eight. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you're quite far <laughs> ahead. There's just a very low possibility that you're not going to win this. Um, <laughs> I understand your point. Like, why don't you take the responsibility that's also given to you by the success that you have? Oh, that's that's a good question. I think, uh, of course, he could have taken his turn and there will be no, no harm. But I think he, he also takes in the... Um, there's a lot of races. There's a lot of traveling. He wants to use as less energy as possible. Just, I'm just winning. <laughs> I don't want to smash you. I don't. I just want to win. So you could yeah. go, and I will. Sp I'll sprint you, and you know I will. And then, yeah, I go home. Talking about a thing you just said. You said there's a lot of races. Have you seen the Nordic Combined calendar? No. Do a guess. How many venues do they have? How many race weekends do they have? The whole season. Since you're asking it in that way, it's not so many then. Ten. Ten. They have a whole of February. They have a month without racing. Really? They have in a February? month Why? without racing. There's just no competitions. In February? Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, then maybe he's saving up energy. You know, it's really hard. He's a dad. 
it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's going home. And yeah, he knows I, need, true, yeah. I need to be on my top level entering home. My wife's been home two, three months with the kids. I need to step up. So that's, then there we have the reason. So he's, he's done it. He's done it the other way around than you, though. He moved. He w- was born in or raised in Lillehammer, and then moved to Oslo. No, he, he lives in Lillehammer, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, he lives in Oslo. I'm pretty sure. I'm quite sure he lives in Lillehammer. I'm right? pretty sure. Actually, I'm really sure he lives in. Oslo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter. We're, we're gonna somebody, rectify somebody's it. wrong it's here. So we're gonna <laughs> rectify <laughs> this in the next episode. Yeah. but I'm quite sure he lives in Lillehammer. Nah, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Doesn't matter. Right, so enough Nordic combined then. Uh, yeah. Reaver wins every race he ever does. Um, they're not going to be in the Olympics anyway. They're not going to so. be in the Olympics. No. Which is shit, but... Yeah, yeah, but it's that's a really hard uh, discussion, but I think it's more... I don't know. It's. I think the same will happen with cross-country skiing if we don't get more skiers... Not the next 10 years, but eventually. If Austria has five skiers, if Great Britain don't have anyone after Massey yeah, they've never had, But what, what do you mean more skiers? Like more nations winning? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah but or, like it's just, Norwegians love saying how good they are, but is... I'm not saying distance, that. No, I'm just distance, saying the, 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 I'm, I'm t- talking about the interests overall. Like, oh, yeah, If okay, the sport yeah. is dead in Austria, then perhaps it will be dead in Switzerland. Even though it wasn't during the this this tour de ski was quite good, I think really this tour de ski was quite good for the interest. Fun, fun fact: the interest in cross country skiing is increasing in Germany and Switzerland. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good. I was really cheering for both the, yeah. the Swiss and the German team, and and yeah. also I think uh, we can't underestimate the um, the effort of the team um, USA, which are yeah. that's actually yeah. insane how good. Yeah, they yeah, are. and I think it's really important. So yeah, yeah. Because I, I think, like, in for sure, for the men's, in like, Norwegians are smashing everyone in distance, yeah, but, but like, but like, in like sprint, yeah, and in women's sprint and distance, actually, all the nations are doing pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. all the people that are saying that uh, just because the Russians are not there, there's no competition, I, I think that's not true anymore. Oh. I think everybody's doing actually pretty good job. Yeah, I think it's just on the man's side that the, the the density in a Norwegian team is just insanely high and generally in 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 the whole Norwegian skiing. And and therefore it looks like oh they're the only ones that can ski. But that's just first of all that's not the case. Um and Yeah, and also I think we were talking about the confidence. I think if you have uh some skiers out up there like uh, the Germans now have or uh, the Swiss guys suddenly st- were really good. I think they are building confidence within the team. We can, we are able, the same as uh, the Great Britons did. And I'm quite sure you will, or had uh, the same experience this year, like, oh, but I can do this. And then you suddenly just step up your game. Yeah. It's just a confidence thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. When you believe, then you are halfway there. And if you don't believe, then you have no chance. I agree. Oh, Mika, we're going to be so good after listening to Austin. <laughs> this is going to be so great. <laughs> oh, this wait, is like... coming from a guy who was really bad during his career. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm so shit. I just have an Olympic gold medal <laughs> yeah, lying around exactly. at home. <laughs> Where actually, that's actually a good question. Where did you, do you have it at home in like a closet with like... I have a... Uh, in which Rotrum, I don't know if you have a good uh, English word for it. It's really messy. Yeah. Kind of like your yeah. Like, closets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's in there somewhere, but 
It's not uh, in the living room. If I were to brag about something, it would be that uh, a normal guy did what he could to be able to win a gold medal. And I I made so many friends and had so many good uh, competitors throughout the year. And um, many of them were as good or even better than me. They didn't win a gold medal, but they did the same job as I did. And I tell them we should be proud of what we did and that we were able. And there's only one who could win, but success we all earn. Yeah. So that, well, in, the, in this case, there was actually two that won. Yeah, the or, <laughs> and, and if there were two of me, we would have won the bronze medal at best. So that's also part of the story. Yeah, because to put a bit of background, there was Hattestad that got ill, right? Yeah, first then, there was a, we had a, um, the individual sprint in the Olympics. And then we were told that the two best guys were qualified for the, the relay. Um, and my friend Poltoranin, he stepped on my ski in the final. Uh -huh. So I crashed. I think actually I would have won that race. And then, uh, so it was then Hattesta and Nurtug who qualified for the team. And then, yeah, Hattesta got sick yeah. after uh, I from the individual sprint until the day before the, the the relay my job was to prepare ura so when he was resting in the in the village i tested all the skis and yeah yeah so i i didn't perform at my best but yeah. i did my very best okay i was not super good yeah and it was it, good enough yeah it I, we had petter was really petter was in his yeah i haven't i've seen petter really fast many times but i think actually one of the the best times I've saw him was that day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good story. Cool. Let's go down under then. Let's go down under. Do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and men plunder. Can you hear, can you hear that thunder? You better run, you better take cover. The Aussie corner. G'day, g'day everyone. Welcome back to the Aussie Corner here with Sevi, Lars and Fidel. This week we're talking Oberhof, talking about Germany. We actually are expecting a bit of a winter wonderland this weekend as well in Germany, which is nice for once. So, Actually, or... Yeah, ac actually we are. Yeah, there's, there's some fresh snow there, so... We don't all have to hate ourselves for attempting to do a winter sport when there's no snow because there, there is snow and there'll be lots of Germans as well. So just keep just keep your wits about you there. Lars, we'll start off with a couple of predictions for you. What were you thinking for this weekend? For me, I'm actually going to go with a Finnish guy, Rista Matti Hakala. I think he's uh, found... Actually, like, I remember he won the qual in Pyeongchang 2018, and that was really good. It's maybe not been that great. That was seven since, years ago. Really, was that? Yeah, yeah, or oh, six, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he was really good on the weekend in the Scandinavian Cup in Otterbock, even in, like, escape distance. So, yeah, I think it will be pretty good. That's a good one from, from left field, a bit of insider knowledge. For me, I think the sprint will be taken by another Finn, Matin Talto. Matin Talo. Matin Talo, yes. She was also good at the Scan Cup, Lars, was that right? Yeah, possibly, quite good, yeah. <laughs> and then for the relay, oh no, for the 20K, I'm thinking Katarina Hennig. 
She sh- she was thereabouts at the Tour de Ski. She was pretty good skating up the Alpes Chamise, so I think she's had a good week of training and she'll be back in some really good classic form. For the relay, I'll go with the American boys, actually. Really? Have you been watching Ben Ogden's vlogs? I did actually have a... I've actually, yeah, I've watched them quite, quite good, like... Just quite wholesome. Yeah, quite wholesome. His friends in Trondheim were yelling "Free the bird" or "Free that bird," and then I um, and then I got into the Leonard Skinner song "Free Bird." It was actually <laughs> it sort of got my blood got my blood churning. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm behind the American boys for the relay as well. Did you have a tip for the women's relay? <clears throat> for the women's relay, I'll just go with the French team. French team. Lovely. Yeah, French Dan. Yeah, Lena Quintal, like Lena Quintal. favorite on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. From Le Grand Bonheur. She has been a favorite on the podcast, and yet to de- yet to deliver big time. I know she's been consistent, but that's a good one. So we'll hand it over. Or did you have? There was something about actually. I, w- I wanted to say good luck to Mika as well, and try not to punch anyone after you cross the finish line. Just control your anger, Mika. Just control it. And Jimmy, I know you're on, big on the like ketone thing, but please don't drag all of us into that pyramid scheme. Keen to like just yeah, not not end up in that shit. Exactly. Just eat good food and stay hydrated. Isn't that right, Lars? Yeah. And then uh, Fidel, I think you have some something as well thanks boys yeah so what do i think about the the threes in a marathon fantastic event very steep very tactical very you need a lot of nous a lot of race nous and then it does promote a bit of innovation so i've seen that with the sfard step technique coming in in the in the past few years well some would argue it's coming a lot earlier wouldn't they wouldn't they yeah absolutely <laughs> And now on to my predictions for the sprint. It's got to be barren over, doesn't it? It was missed early on in the season. I missed saying that she would win another classic sprint, but unfortunately she was sick, so she's back ready for redemption. So don't tell me she's not racing. <laughs> and in the 20K mass start, oh, I think I'll go for... Peter Walter, obviously. Because I think that... He's just a true legend and a 20K specialist. And then finally for the relay I'm not going to give a precise prediction I'm just going to say that the two nations that win both in the men and women they'll be connected via via a very important historical event so stay tuned next week for for if you want to find out what event that was nice back from uh, from the Aussie corner one last thing before we're going to talk a bit more about you Stein. okay what's your take on the whole Hold McCollum possibly no 50Ks in future, any more rumors? What do you think when you hear that? When we're just talking about we need more people to be interested in skiing and, and, and get more people to go skiing. And then like the one race that's probably bigger than our sport is rumored to yeah, disappear from our calendar. I think that would be the biggest mistake cross-country skiers or cross-country skiing ever did. Like, yeah, I, I am... I'm from the city, Oslo. I grew <laughs> up traveling into the forest with my mom and dad. We spent the night in a tent. We cheer on the um, on the athletes, and then we ski home, and then we took the tube back home. If they 
uh, stop having Holmenkollen as a ski venue, it will be a disaster. You've done it as a supporter bef- before you've done it as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool, actually. I t- did it more times as a supporter. I d- <laughs> even did it as a supporter and during the World Champs. <laughs> Holmenkollen is, uh, talking about legends, Holmenkollen is a true legend. And yeah, um, yeah. If, you, if you seriously want to to kill a legend, then uh, think twice. Like, the, the, don't. And if if the uh, organizer, for example, says it's because of the lack of interest of athletes, because athletes, yeah, I mean, we've seen it in the past. They just don't travel there when it's like big skiing countries. Um, Organize just different. Design. Organize different. Yeah. You just have to make every venue. Uh, as best as possible and um you need to make the calendar uh, so that every athlete wants to travel to every venue and uh if you kill Holmenkollen what should what is uh, what is the trade off should we travel one more weekend to Lillehammer there, <laughs> I really do love Lillehammer but there's zero people attending but that's actually that's funny you say that because i remember doing uh the World Cup on the battling course. Oh, I and there was no. I to say the Olympics in Lillehammer, and there was a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, I remember doing the, the, um, the World Cup on the battling course, and there was nobody there, agree. But I remember doing it on the normal yeah. World Cup course, yeah. and there was lots of people there. Yeah, it was better. And then, especially. But is it because, is it because you see the people mm-hmm. more? Because it's more open on the World Cup, normal World Cup venue, than on the, the battling course? I don't know. I, I just know that we are um, we don't have the same atmosphere as Holmenkollen here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. different thing. When you are traveling to Holmenkollen, you are not traveling just to see the athletes. Sorry, you're just you're traveling because you know there is a, a hell of a party. You <laughs> yeah. know there is lots and lots of people. You know there is something for everyone. Even though you are not interested in the sport, if you like happy people, you travel to Holmenkollen. If you want to attend a race in Lillehammer or whatever, you need to be really interested in the sport. Yeah, yeah, it that's must, the problem. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It must be. Um, it must be actually wild camping there and like. It's, did you see actually? Did you see the video last year of people shagging in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> I was there for many years. I did not shag anymore. Yeah, but so I, I think, missed out. So that's why. Yeah. Don't stop now. There, I shagged anyone. <laughs> <laughs> These people were not interested in skiing. They were not there for the skiing, for sure. Yeah, but I think, and as an athlete, it's it's something special. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. Even though you know you will be shitty in the race, it's 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 really good. And I I'm old enough to I've done the the individual K uh, the individual 50k in Homecall. Yeah. I did it, and we did um, three laps of sixteen point seven. It was the hardest race ever, the worst race ever, but also the best race ever. Huh. Was it better than on like the eight point something K loop? <sighs> Different, I would say. And it's it's really, really, really long. Like you you really feel like you are doing this cross-country skiing race. Yeah. Like yeah. it used to be like you read in the book or uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. really yeah, something different. I remember I was the first time I did the race, I um, uh, there was 
uh, you are uh, skiing into a place called Ulvåsetter, and then there's some massive uphills. Like, trust me, massive uphills. And you are going to do the loop three times. And the first time I was there, I heard someone in the crowd say, oh, look at him. He's tired already. <laughs> and I was like, looking around. Oh, they're talking about you. <laughs> Is it that obvious? Yeah. So, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> was that an individual start? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think actually I was, uh, I think I was about 30, 30 minutes behind the winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did my best. Was it a World Cup or was it? Yeah, a... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as a, as a junior in, in, in Norway, you, the best junior uh, had the chance to do skiing in the World Cup uh-huh. when the World Cup visited your nation. So uh, I did, uh, my debut in World Cup was the 50K in home call. Oh, that savage. That is a tough start. one. That is a tough <laughs> debut. Yeah, it was really hard. So yeah. That's but it was really funny as well. Talking had... of being naked in the woods on the... Um... World Cup. Yeah. I think you have a little experience of being naked at a World Cup running. In a city. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it was um, 2006, Düsseldorf. It was actually my first, the first time I podium in in uh, in the World Cup. Um, people say it was uh, some sort of a bet, but it was not. I, <laughs> we were in, in Torsby uh, training the week before the race, and then I was really good shape. I... I I was just invited into the team. I was not part of the the national team at the time. And then we did a a sprint race or training. And then I was really good, like really good. Um, So Turana Hetland, the captain of the team, he said that you are going to win in this Lurf. And then just to take the pressure off, I was like, no, I won't even make it to the final. But if I podium, I will be so thrilled that I will run naked to the hotel. (laughs) And then I did not think about it anymore. And then... At the press conference after the race, um, Turana just grabbed the microphone and said, yeah, this is a really good day for Norway. We had uh, the top three spots were all ours. And then now, after this press conference, Iceland will run naked. (laughs) So, And I didn't have the balls to say no. So I, yeah, just uh, did as he told me to run naked. That's good banter to actually do it. Yeah, it was... uh, The thing that people don't know is that... um, Björn Dari, he had at the time a children's race, cross-country ski, <laughs> in the same track. And if you've been to Düsseldorf, there is massive, um, you, you can't go, there's only one way out and into the trail. That's behind the start. And then, so I had to run through the start. And then I was <laughs> approaching the, or getting close to the starting line. I saw like 200 German kids standing um, on the line. So, <laughs> you know, they were like... <laughs> in the face because I have a huge penis of course so there were there were many kids so yeah yeah so uh, (laughs) you know you see the kids with the the glasses like on (laughs) we're gonna get red and blue lights in the in the street uh, later that's I was like they are living in Germany so that they were yeah, they're used to naked men <laughs> running Are around. They? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I have many, actually, I have many German magazines in my garage. You could have them. <laughs> I, I, I think I'll pass on yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're quite old and sticky. 
Austin's just going to lose on the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is great. This is, is this great. still on recording? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's oh, still sorry, on recording. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, we also told you, like, we can't cut. So, like, everything that's on the yeah, pod is, like, perfect. in there. That's perfect. That's the way I do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your uh, first World Cup podium then. Yeah, yeah. And then when's your last World Cup podium? Oh, good question. I know that my last final was in Drummond in 2013. Uh, yeah, I think maybe... Kusamo 2012, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah. You experienced the start of the Tour of Ski then? Yeah, actually. 2009 or 2011? I can't remember. Ooh, eight, nine, I seven, I think. Seven, eight. Seven. Yeah, seven, I think. Oh, it yeah, was yeah. 2006, 2007. Actually, I um, the first race was a sprint in Munich, Olympic Stadium in Munich. There was a sprint. I uh, won the quarterfinal. I won the semifinal and I thought I was going to win the semi or the big final, but then uh, Tobias Fredriksson and Petter Norte crashed in front of me. I still have a uh, his, uh, He's showing his us um, the scar. <laughs> yes, the scar. This is actually a piece of uh, Petter Nordic's, um triac six pole. <laughs> it's in here. So it's already tracks. Yeah. And then, yeah, first uh, generation. And then I think actually. I was the first guy to finish last in Alpesemis. <laughs> we were skiing with the the Swedish sprinters, and then we decided that we would cross the finish line together. Yeah. And then five minutes before the the finish line, they all out sprinted me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm I'm the worst. Okay, that's fine. La, so, la Terre Rouge. Yeah. yeah, that's me. The first one in Tour de Ski. And then. So you said that's like uh, Kuzumo 2012 is your last podium. I think. And when's your change to Ski Classics coming in? I got kicked out of the, the national team in 2014 um, just by, uh, I was not performing. Who was coached then? Trond? No, it was, uh, we had Ulf Mortenaune for uh, seven years and then we had Ariel Monson. He came in that uh, season, so I was on his team the first yeah. year and then he kicked me out. He, I think actually... I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm. I'm quite good as a team builder. So I think actually, if it wasn't for the the Sochi Olympics, I would have been kicked out before. Not because I was a Olympic material, but I was quite good in making the other the guys team. perform. And I was. I've always been really good in training. So yeah. And then I got kicked out, and then I started doing long distance skiing in 2015. For BN Bank, or was uh, that later? That was that was later. I I started as a some team called uh, United Bakeries, which is now oh, yeah. um, Akadali, I would say actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's some cold thing afterwards, and then I was Akadali. Yeah, 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 and then <laughs> and then I Teammate. did some years there. It was really really good, and then. I wanted to do something on my own. Like I wanted to create something. And then, so I just stepped out of the team, say, I will try to make my own team. And then, yeah, I was lucky. And then we did a, we did make a good team and we had some really fun years. And then, yeah, I just, I, I stopped skiing. I was, when I was, when I decided to stop skiing, I actually had the, the yellow jersey in the ski classics. Uh, I, uh, I, w I think actually I was the best skier I've ever been, but I didn't care. Yeah. I I had a, we were in Engadin uh, preparing for La Deunela and then I suddenly I couldn't sleep during night and I, I, I couldn't understand why. And then, so I was out skiing because it was, I, I didn't get to sleep at all. So skiing one morning in Valderoseg, 
close mm-hmm. to Potrasina. So really nice. beautiful place. It's so beautiful. And suddenly it just hit me like, you don't care if you are first, second, 15th or 30th. <laughs> and then it's just, okay, then yeah. uh, tell the guys after Levi, the last race of the season, I will stop skiing. So I then started slipping again. No, no problem at all. I skied quite good. And the last race in Levi, I, uh, I finished second, Nygård won. I won the sprint for the second place. Uh, I put my skis and snow in the in the finish area and just, just yeah, left it there. That, that was <laughs> it. Then, yeah, now I'm here. Cool. Yeah. How? When was that then? 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah. It's not that long ago, actually. No, it's uh, this year's. It? Um, I missed some part of it. Yeah. I miss. Uh, I missed um, the relationships. I miss. Um, I miss being with one crew or gang or team or friends who has the same object, same target, and are really giving their best every day. Um, that's that's what I miss. You can what? come and hang out here and give us some motivation. Yeah, that's more good. Yeah, but I think that's underestimated. Like yeah. that culture you create when you are a are a bunch of young athletes really striving and trying to perform and also how you create uh, some sense of we need each other in order to be able to have the chance to perhaps win oh i i those mechanisms and those relationships i really do miss sometimes yeah that that is one of the the cool things i i agree like like just Basically, being with the boys—that's just what it is at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like, yeah. we have girls on the team as well, but like, being with the team, with the crew. Yeah, and st- and also like, there are a lot of uh, teams or a lot of gangs, or f- you have like uh, some friends. But if it's if it's only good times, if it's no effort, if it's no resistance, if it's no ah, this is if there is no struggle. There is no reward. Like yeah. I really love the the struggle, and I really love them. Uh, you know, when you guys going out for a session, you look each other in his eyes, like, okay, now we'll do a threshold. I saw you were doing um, uh, eighty minutes threshold in the in the old Olympic trails. <laughs> like doing that with a team, then I know there will be uh, some element of a fist bump before and after. You you are agree. We are going to do a workout. This will be a struggle. Let's do it as best we can. Let's go. Try to drop each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's the point, yeah. And then, and if you get dropped, then you you really do like honor the guy who dropped you. Like when I'm right now, I'm working with companies. And a lot of the things I'm doing is trying to create uh, some sense of ownership into the culture, and I, I really do want to implement uh, some some of the elite athlete mentality into but a culture. I think it's not in every teams like that, that there's a good atmosphere and like folk like, of course it's, I think at the end of the day, it's always down to a few individuals that make the team a good place, like make the team a fun place, but yeah. also a place of performance. Yeah. But have you experienced being on teams where there was super bad atmosphere. Like usually when I've been on teams, it's been like pretty fun. And I think part of it is because I've been on teams with like yeah, Muzzy, for example, that quite often jokes and makes the team like with small things, makes the team fun. But at the same time, when it's time to work, then it's like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, down. 
Uh, of course I have, and I also have to say I'm not proud of it, but sometimes it's me who's been the, the atmosphere killer. I think in order to understand culture, you need to understand that you are always in the team and you are always bringing something into the team. And if you are not bringing something positive into the team, then you are bringing something negative into the team and you cannot make yourself invisible. We will feel it because culture is just energy. What type of energy are you bringing in? And when you are in the culture, um, my focus will have focus on your energy and vice versa. So I think it's really important to understand that in order to create a good culture, I think you need to make sure that every individual in the team has good energy entering the arena or entering. If you are low on energy, then you are probably lack of good focus and then your um, everyone will feel it. You will feel it immediately. You don't have to say anything. Oh, and then you could kill the culture within a second or you could lift it. It's the same. It's just energy going in and you could, yeah. You could feel it if, if Masi have a bad race or if uh, Yongi or you have a good race, in one second, it yeah. lift the room or kill the room. But going completely off topic, yeah. changing subject. Okay, You've experienced so many like nice things, good things in your life. You, you've literally been up there and had it all. And then in 2021 in, in, in autumn, you wake up. Tell us about that. What, 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 you're talking about energy before. Yeah. What kind of energy goes through your body when you have a, a brain hemorrhage? Oh, uh, that's a that's a hard question. Um, I was actually on my bike riding um, my bike to Nushater, and then I, when you enter the mountain, it opens up like you 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 are entering Nushater, and then it flats out, and then suddenly I felt this. Felt this um, it, in the beginning, it was just warm feeling in my neck and then it spread to the uh, to the brain and to the head and it goes from warm to being really painful. It actually felt like the brain did not fit inside my head. That was the feeling. And I actually uh, rolled my bike home. I don't know how, I don't remember anything, but I, I know I entered my home and long story short, um, I got uh, a helicopter to Oslo and uh, I was told that um, 50-50 if you survive or not. And if you survive... They told you that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They told me to to call my wife. Uh, and um, yeah, just to be sure. So I called my wife. And um, I remember hanging up uh, the phone, lying, waiting for the helicopter, the ambulance helicopter. And then my phone rang. And uh, it was my daughter. She was uh, nine at the time. And I told her on her way to school that... Uh, I will go for a short bike ride after work, but I will be home when you are home from school. So when she entered, I was not there and she was wondering if I was out riding my bike. And uh, <clears throat> I told her that I was in a bit of a trouble and I couldn't promise her that I would come home, home, but uh, that I was really proud of her. And no matter what happened to dad, I uh, really do love her. And it was um, it was one of the hardest calls ever. And then, yeah, I was really I was really lucky. Like the the type of brain damage I had, forty um, percent dies. Um, 
of the 60% that survives, you, the, the normal healing process is five years. And it's just, uh, I did actually Birkin that year, uh, six months later. <laughs> That's uh, but I remember lying after I was hospitalized and then when I got to come home, um, I remember lying in my bed 10 days straight, no, no light, no sound, no nothing. And, um, and then I could start moving. And after about a month, I, I had the, you see in the clip, the crawl. The, there is a woman finishing some type of Ironman. She's really, really, really yeah, tired yeah, and yeah, trying yeah, to cross yeah, the finish yeah. line. That was me when I was trying to get the mail. Uh, I don't know, 75 meters. I was, I used all my effort, all my energy just to get the, the mail. And I barely made it back. And then there was another week lying in bed. It was a, uh, by all means, the hardest thing I've ever done recovering from that. But I, I, um, I was really lucky, and I had good friends around me, and also, I think I used everything I know from sports just to recover. And I actually told my wife uh, two weeks ago that uh, now I'm starting to feel as I were before the brain damage. That's uh, yeah. I can't two years, three years, uh, two and a half years. That was um, close call. Really close call, and it was um, yeah. Because now you're sitting here, like all 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 healthy in front of us, and 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 with, yeah, with I am quite healthy. Uh, but uh, the thing with the the thing with the brain or, or bleeding inside the brain is really it's really bad, and you, you can't see it. You know, Heidi Wang, she has um, uh, she crashed and then she got some light i don't know what you call a concussion yeah. Is that, yeah yeah and she struggled for many yeah i think actually half one and a half year and if you are uh pushing too hard in the beginning then it can be really bad like yeah really bad i i was really super lucky because my injury was so severe it was so serious so i really did nothing yeah. and that, that's perhaps one of the most hard things I've ever done to actually choose to do nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And I mean nothing. I did not watch television for six months. I didn't have any screen. I didn't have any anything. After my recovery and in hospital, I got to go home. And then, like I told you, I was 10 days straight. Nothing. Like, really? And I mean nothing. But yeah, I'm lucky and uh, I'm happy and I'm, um, yeah feeling good that yeah. actually leads us into our next topic because we always have two questions we ask uh, all our guests okay and the first question is like how did uh, like being up there but also being like on the lowest low like how does that make you who you are now it's like you're this guy, you just spread like, uh, you just spread positivity. You like come in and you're like, hey, and everything's good <laughs> and fun. And that's nice to hear. And like, did having uh, like the brain hemorrhage also have an impact on how you see life now? Uh, like, mm, yeah. Perhaps, uh, or probably, of course, but I think. Uh, I said it before, uh, many years before uh, that happened, that um, I don't like the way the, the society is built up by um, we 
we have a tendency of putting people in boxes um, and we we see people by the results they make not how they are and i i remember i i, I felt this on my body i <clears throat> one year i was treated like an olympic champion the next year i did really bad in in the world champs and when i visited the same hotels i got different rooms <laughs> <laughs> and then i i was the same guy yeah but they the the, the they treated me different was it the metal or was it the guy who got the different uh treating uh i i know the answer and i i i never want to be judged by the results i make i want to be judged by my attitude and my um, impact or my um, behavior so even if you are good i don't care like i i've been around so many people who are decorated but i only care about who you really are so yeah that's my answer and i i i think also it's under, it's important to understand if there is a athlete out there and you're not winning then i don't care like i don't i i only care about who you are and how you are and if you are winning i will applaud you but i will not think less of you if you're not winning like and you care that you're still the fastest in the street after beer oh that's the most important thing <laughs> that's the most important thing i, yeah. I, I keep a straight diet that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, and the second question, you've heard this one, so I hope you come prepared. Um Ooh. same as everyone, if you had one session, two people, one place, what do you do? One session with two people, alive or deaf, uh, or alive or dead or whatever, whoever you want. It can be your wife, your children. And where place Ali. Yeah, it will be uphill double polling. 18th of May because I know then you, <laughs> <laughs> you are really bad and then I get I'm the best in the street still got it I'm a dinosaur but I'm a really fast one uh, so that will be yeah, that that's a good yeah. answer yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I, or perhaps I would turn the clock back to Uh, the Olympic final in 2010, and do another race against Polterone. Uh huh. And yeah. I will keep a more distance. Yeah. <laughs> I see you're going tight on the uh, on my right side. I will keep. Yeah, you can listen to your advice you gave to me. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I will. Or maybe you will not be racing because you'll be banned for the next 15 years or something. Yeah, that's I true. Will, I will give him the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That Good. was a pretty cool podcast, I think. Yeah. Maybe um, one of the most inspiri- inspirational ones, at least. Yeah. So now we've come to the next races with lots of energy, lots yeah, of good. positivity, that's good. That's lots good. of motivation. So we will watch you in uh, Oberdorf. No excuse for being shit. No. Also, it's ten uh, past ten, and we're fucking buzzing now. So <laughs> me and Jimmy are going skiing now. <laughs> we'll just do. Here comes Mika. He looks yeah. kind of pale. Oh, <laughs> did he record his podcast too late? Yes, he did. Oh my god. But like you're joking about this. But last time I we recorded a podcast quite late, and then I was like standing in bed, like so excited. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's the good thing. We're having fun while we record the podcast, and that's, that's the most that's important. Good, yeah. But but that was especially when we started in the podcast. Yeah. I remember like I think the second episode when we did it with Sophia. I was so bummed. I was like buzzing <laughs> yeah. the whole time. I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> but know. the thing is, we get to have some cool conversations with yeah. use the momentum. And, That's just and use the, the momentum. We've we've uh, 
said for the last two years that we should invite you for have a coffee or beer or something and we never actually did it so this was a good opportunity and then we offered him tea and he said he doesn't want it yeah Yeah. that's that's uh, i could uh, i could put the blame on me i as an I'm I'm just following up the traditions here in Lillehammer. We don't invite uh, yeah, the new guys. The new guys. They're new guys. You know them? No. No. no I haven't seen. No. I will invite you for coffee. I have a uh, good coffee. Ah, oh, that's good. Good, yeah. good idea. And yeah. also I have furniture so you could sit. And yeah. <laughs> oh, we, ha- we have a couch. Yeah, we have a couch. That's we have a couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's about it. Done. That's good. Good. Nice. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being thanks, here with us. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Good luck in uh, Oberhof and in Gums. As you know, I know everything about the Gums. So, good luck in uh, the race in your garden where you're gonna win. Oh yeah. And good luck yeah. for Birkin. S- send us a picture of the podium. Then. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I will. I will. I will make a big one. Yeah. <laughs> a really big podium. <laughs> right. Have, Have a good one. And then until the next time, see you later. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.